Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Two quarters of contraction. The definition of a recession. is a recession. Now? No, no, it's not a recession. The economy's just slowing. That doesn't sound like a recession to me. Thank you very much. Show us your plan to get us out of recession. It's called the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. A giant package of huge, new, job-killing tax hikes. This bill is fighting inflation. So, stay tuned. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome in, News and Views, for a political trivia Thursday. We'll plan a little bit. Uh, every president had this in common. That's uh, the category for our questions. And uh, interesting question. You'll be surprised. Uh, this just out of PJ Media. The uh, individual that came in from California who wanted to kill Justice Brett Kavanaugh, guy named Nicholas Roski. Um, there's new evidence out now, different testimony, different <clears throat> things he's said on social media that's beginning to surface. Apparently, his goal was to kill three justices. He hmm. wanted to change the uh, outcome from our judicial system for years to come. Now, are you going to hear anything from Joe Biden about the fact that this was an insurrection? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you talk about wanting to overthrow uh, the third branch of our government, mm-hmm. I mean, which we've said over and over and over again. But um, Well, when you have the president, Democrat Party leadership, and then, you know, kind of insignificant uh, House and Senate members right on down the line of Democrats, uh, I mean, if if anyone's done any insurrection, it's been them. I mean, yeah. they, you know, to, to have press conferences out in front of the um, – Supreme Court and say the kind of things like You'll Chuck reap Schumer. the world one exactly. Yeah, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, but, calling uh, out the individuals by name. <clears throat> Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch, you're going to reap the world one. But this is uh, this is kind of a, um, life imitates art with the Pelican yeah. Brief novel. I don't know if you ever read that yeah. with John Grisham, yeah. Pelican yeah. Brief. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Carolina Journal is reporting North Carolina Republican Representatives Dan Bishop, Madison Cawthorn, and here in the East, Greg Murphy, are among the members of Congress who have signed on to a Republican uh, letter written by Ronnie Jackson, from uh, congressman from Texas who's been on our program before. The third letter from Jackson calling on President Joe Biden to take a cognitive test. So far, Joe has uh, not responded which might be part of the cognitive issue. <laughs> now, remember when Donald Trump was president, there were Democrats out there asking the same thing of Donald Trump. He said, okay, sure, I'll take it, mm-hmm. and passed with flying colors. Now the he shoe's on the it. other foot. Yeah, he <laughs> aced it. Now the shoe's on the other foot, and uh, Joe doesn't know what shoe to put on. <laughs> Yeah, I think so, yeah, I just you were reading off those uh, list of names. I, I think there's probably some that say uh, Madison Cawthorn. Why don't you take one way? That's <laughs> <laughs> true too. <laughs> Jackson sent the letter Wednesday to Biden's uh, Dr. Kevin O'Connor's physician to Biden to Dr. Anthony Fauci. So he sent out three copies. Uh, Fauci, of course, the chief medical advisor, who's going to be retiring, it looks like. Uh, He states that Biden has not responded to previous letters sent in June and last February by multiple members of Congress that urged him to take cognitive tests like the Montreal Cognitive Assessment that former President Donald Trump took in 2018. Jackson stressed that it isn't a partisan issue, 
noting that Maryland Democrat Representative Jamie Raskin introduced legislation to establish an independent commission that could examine a president's fitness for office and determine whether the president is mentally or physically unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Now, it doesn't say in this article, but my hunch is that Joe Biden wasn't president when Democrat Representative Jamie Raskin, who I think is on the January 6th committee, he's the guy with the wild hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Joe was, was the president when he introduced that. Jackson noted that while Biden has brushed aside the assertions as partisan political attacks, the left-leaning New York Times recently published an article outlining all of this in great detail. He said the article mentions how at public appearances, Biden shuffles, Biden slurs, he loses his train of thought, and that's when he's having a good day. He notes that gaffes have varied, including Biden's statement, if China attacks Taiwan, we need to remove President Putin from power. <laughs> Can't make it up. He's just trying to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, there you yes. go. <laughs> now, uh, this is cut one, Clark. What's interesting and sad, uh, this is more sad than interesting. I mean, this is the this is our president. I mean, I know you didn't vote for him if you're listening to this program. Well, 99% of you didn't. But this is how other countries around the world view our president. Here's Sky News Australia, what their anchors think of our president and his cognitive abilities. Let's check in with the U.S. president, who this week told the world he had cancer. You know what was happening? It had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. But it turns out he doesn't have cancer, thank God. He's got COVID. It says something about Biden's diabolical mental state that no one actually believed he had cancer when he said he did. We all assumed it was yet another gaffe, another stuff-up caused by his malfunctioning mental faculties. But the 79-year-old president does have COVID. Let's check how he's doing. This is White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator. As you all saw just a few minutes ago, the president is doing better. He slept well last night. Uh, he ate his breakfast and lunch. I fully. He actually showed me his plate. What a good boy he is finishing his food. You can just picture him proudly holding up his empty plate to prove he's had all his vegetables and deserves jello for dessert. Yeah, that's about all he can uh, probably chew. <laughs> Oh, that's that. I was thinking the same thing. Which <laughs> is, you know, I, I mean, I remember feeding and, and, my kids. And, and you've got to laugh at this, but at the same time, this is how other nations are viewing the United States and our president. Mm-hmm. And these are our allies. These are friendly allies. These aren't our adversaries. What are our adversaries thinking and mm-hmm. saying? <clears throat> Those people that want to take advantage of the fact that we have some guy that all he can do is swallow jello <laughs> well the good thing is we've got you know we've got a backup number two is pretty good shape <laughs> a a mental lightweight yeah she problem. can eat rice pudding she <laughs> she is an embarrassment as well i mean <laughs> uh, uh, good grief I, I, again i i mean i i know that this is anecdotal but th- th- there were not that many people that didn't realize how bad Joe – I mean, I know it's it's been – it's much more evident about how bad his cognitive abilities are now. But listen, when the guy couldn't come out of his basement for months at a time during mm-hmm. the campaign, it, it just – it doesn't pass the smell test that he was legitimately elected. It just doesn't. No. 
<clears throat> and I watched last night, I watched that video that the White House released, uh, I guess right, right after he came out of COVID, where, you know, he was staring and didn't blink. And I, and I watched right. it again and again and again. And, and I think there was some really serious editing going on. Oh, there was. <clears throat> there was. To, to the point where I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure, like, his eyes were his eyes. I mean, it is str- – no, I mean, it's strange. It is, it is the strangest thing that I have ever seen. Yeah, I've, I've watched it a couple times. He does blink once. In 42 seconds, he blinks once. I mean, it's like he – it's like the, he took some uh, – they took some scotch tape and taped his yeah, eyes shut yeah, there or, uh, open or there something. There he is. I was just looked the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I shouldn't laugh. We shouldn't no, laugh because it, it's, it's sad. Yeah, and I've said it before, you know, uh, the, the person that I hold more responsible for this than anything Jill. is Jill Biden. Yeah, I, I just yeah. cannot imagine the greed, the level of greed it takes to put a loved one through what she's putting yeah. them through. And she yeah. knows she knows how bad he is, and she's known how bad he was before he ran. And I, I just, I can't just think, of, I can't get to the level of, of evil she must have in her. And greed, it's just greed. She's been, she's been promised the world. Or either she knew the only way, um, you know, the way to protect the family financially and to keep him out of jail is for him to, you know, to kind of control the executive branch. Maybe I think that has merit to 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 cover your fanny. Yeah, uh, you know, Joe, if you if you if you're not president, your son's going to jail. If you're not president, <laughs> you might be going to jail. If you're not president, Jill might be going to jail. And I, and I've shared. <laughs> I, you know, I've shared, I guess you could say, my deep conspiracy on this, but but I, I think it's been in the works from day one. I think the powers that be of the Democrat Party <clears throat> knew that they had enough information. Hey, hey, the FBI's had this information for years, so if they've had it and they're withholding it from the public, they're sharing it with Democrats. Oh yeah. So I, I think it's all a plan to get him in office. He was the only one that the Democrats could possibly get close enough to win the election. They're going to get rid of them, and they're going to slide somebody in there and go into 2024 without a primary. Still say it. Well, Ronnie Jackson, Dan Bishop, Madison Cawthorn, and Greg Murphy aren't alone. 66% of voters believe that Joe Biden should take a cognitive test. 56% say they aren't confident that he is mentally and physically fit for his duties as president. 64% believe he has shown signs that he's too old to execute his duties. 60% of respondents, 65 and older think he has got issues so uh, uh, you know people in my category are supposed to be uh, too old to know what's going <laughs> and on and 95 percent don't think he can find his way from the presidential suite to the uh, other office without being directed <laughs> pretty, i mean since we have videos of that that's pretty obvious you know they all what, what is the guy what is the guy that has the position that uh you know every president has like a, a handler or a what do you what do you call it they got a name for it his 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 guy you know, his kind of assistant. Oh, first, first man is. Well, it's kind of a you know, it's like kind of an intern position, but yeah. it's kind of like his personal assistant, I guess. But I mean, they probably, I mean, that job's probably like the toughest job in Washington, other than this, <laughs> other than the person that works the teleprompter. I mean, interesting. Uh, an, another interesting story out of Carolina Journal, and and this is judici- judicial activism and its most extreme form. An example of it. I mean, there's a lot of examples of it. This is just another one, but this might be the most extreme example of a state supreme court. I mean, most of your judicial activism you have seen up to now has happened on the, on the federal level. The state Supreme Court of North Carolina will hear oral arguments in October involving North Carolina's disputed election maps, 
with a along party lines, a 4-3 party line vote. The court's Democratic majority issued the order today, setting arguments as early as October the 3rd. The order produced a rare dissent from the court's three Republican justices, writing for the Republicans, Justice Tamara Berenger. She writes, What is happening in this case cannot go unnoticed. An alliance of special interest groups unable to convince a majority of the people's representatives to pass certain desired legislation now has resorted to asking this court to simply write that legislation into our state's sacred charter, the North Carolina Constitution. It is a feckless attempt to enable a thin majority of our state's highest court to supersede the will of millions of citizens who participate in our political and legislative processes. The majority's decision lacks any jurisprudence support. It reeks of judicial activism and should deeply trouble every citizen of this state. That's uh, pretty pretty bold. <clears throat> yeah, uh, and unfortunately, I mean, everyone knows, you know, Anita Earls, you were put there for a specific reason. I mean, to be an activist. I mean, she's been an activist her entire career that really, um, you know, didn't have any bench experience whatsoever hardly but there there are some justices there that uh you know in that four majority uh that, that you know they have a career of on the bench and a career of being impartial at times but they have absolutely just rolled over and, and all you got to do just go look at their financial disclosures and, mm-hmm. and who donates right. to their campaigns and they're I, i'm telling you they they are just turning over a complete partisan, complete activism, and it's really shameful what's happened to the Supreme Court. Now, what's interesting is the the uh, plaintiff in this is a group called Common Cause, very liberal group. They've requested the court to expedite the hearing and consideration of the matter of the maps because they say it involves a significant public issue implicating substantial rights. Berenger wrote, however, resolution of this appeal will not have an impact on the 2022 election. So, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not like we've got to speed this up. The next time this would have any effect on a, an election would be the presidential election of 2024. Nonetheless, for no discernible jurisprudence reason, four justices on this court have chosen without explanation to allow common causes motion. Justices also split on the 4-3 decision as to whether to grant a request from the state legislative leaders. Lawmakers want to dismiss their own appeal of a court-drawn congressional map. And basically, they're doing that because they know that the Supreme Court is going to the of the United States is going to end up hearing this case. The U.S. Supreme Court is scheduled to address the congressional map dispute in a separate case called Moore versus Harper. Arguments in that case have not been scheduled. They would take place after October 19th. Now, I, I do wonder. I mean, we've heard other comments as to the fact that the Supreme Court, federal courts, don't like to intervene and overrule a a state court mm-hmm. is, is is that part of the rationale of this is that okay if we can get the north carolina supreme court to go ahead and rule on these maps and basically I, the, the maps are good for this year the question now before the supreme court is are they going to be good on, in ongoing elections going forward uh d- does common cause think well if we can get this tied down by the north carolina supreme court voting in our favor against the north carolina legislature will will the united states supreme court back off i don't know i don't i'm, I'm, I'm speculating you know the supreme court 
the federal U.S. Supreme Court argument, I believe, is more about the process of of who constitutionally who right. gets to choose. Right. So I think it's kind of limited, but but maybe that's their thinking. Those that. Um, and, and and again, according to our Constitution, and I would think it's not the Supreme Court of North Carolina. Yeah, they don't get bingo, to choose. I mean, bingo. To me, it's cut and dry. But uh, I don't know. It's simply put: the majority's decision to allow Common Cause's motion to expedite while not allowing legislative defendants' motion. Again, this is uh, uh, Beringer's writing. The legislative defendants' motion to withdraw their appeal cannot be explained by reason, practice, or precedent. Common Cause's motion to expedite is meritless. Legislative defendants' request to withdrawal is more than warranted. Given the absence of any identifiable jurisprudence reason, the majority's decision today appears to reflect deeper partisan biases that have no place in a judiciary dedicated to the impartial administration of justice and the rule of law. I mean, again, a great example, another great example of anarchy mm-hmm. in which we live. Um the high court's latest order arrives one day after legislative leaders filed a brief defending the legislature's role in the redistricting process. The central question in this appeal is whether the General Assembly retains even a scintilla of discretion in redistricting or whether the judiciary has become North Carolina's redistricting authority. To ask the question is to answer it, wrote Philip Starch, or uh, Stratch, the uh, representative um, of the Republican lawmakers. The North Carolina Constitution invests the General Assembly with redistricting authority. The body enacted to new, um, uh, enacted new redistricting statutes in response to the courts fashioning a new partisan gerrymandering limit on its authority. Uh, Stratch wrote, the General Assembly is not alleged to have purposely discriminated against the Democratic Party and the state um, remedial plans. The state remedial plan satisfy the letter and the spirit of this court's ruling. Uh, this you talk about again as I as when I open this story. Uh, this is judicial activism mm-hmm. in its most re- extreme form. And, and I mean, basically, the only thing they can argue is that you know we don't like the fact that a Republican majority drew the maps. <laughs> yeah, and 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 there, it's unfair because there's not enough Democrats that were drawn. You know, it's not. That's not the law. I mean, the law is you just can't discriminate. You know, a political party isn't being discriminated against just because uh, they're in the minority. I mean, elections have consequences. If you don't like it, you know, win some some elections and uh, change it. Unfortunately for them, uh, this is just going to double down on why Republicans ought to be elected and Democrats ought to be passed over Mm -hmm. because, uh, again – this enables the voter, the citizens of North Carolina, to ult- ultimately decide how yep. the maps are drawn because they elect the representatives. The representatives draw the maps. No, th- what, what the Democrats want, they want four justices on the North Carolina, four people, not the voters of North Carolina, four people on the Democrats' uh, side and on the Supreme Court to decide for everyone. And I suppose their argument would be, well, they were elected. <laughs> well, we'll see. After uh, November, I don't think. I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I, I don't want to sound cocky, but after November uh, – and, and again, maybe this is why they're pushing it so hard that even these justices in the North Carolina Supreme Court, the four Democrats, know their time is limited. We better get it done before October because otherwise uh, it might not happen. 
Hey, we've got to take a time out. Lots more to talk about. We'll be right back. when the news will break but leave us on and you will i think we want to see more details right now on talk 96.3 and 103.7 welcome back in news and views for a political trivia thursday your category is every president had this in common we'll plan a little bit taking a quick look at your weather forecast a few clouds and a stray shower possible tonight a little around 77 Tomorrow, variable clouds in the morning and then a stray shower or thunderstorm in the afternoon, a high of 97. Mm. Uh, thunderstorms and uh, showers overnight. Chance of rain tomorrow night is 40%. Saturday is the best chance of rain, 60% chance of rain Saturday afternoon and a high of around 90. So it cools down a little bit and the rain should continue into Saturday night. Did you uh, get rain last night? You know, it it, um, it it spit a little bit. There was a huge thundercloud that was coming up over and just sort of dissipated. Oh, we got uh, we got a nice one. A little bit uh, before dark and in, in the middle of the night, we got a big rain. Uh, had an inch in my rain gauge this morning. Did you really? Oh, yes. That, wow. was, that was much needed. We did not up, uh, up where we are. Weather brought to you by our friends at Ironwood Country Club. Whether you're looking to spend your summer poolside, courtside, or greenside, Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fees required. And listen, if you're headed to the beach this summer, pack your clubs. Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort and Compass Point Golf Club and Magnolia Greens located near Wilmington. For more information, contact Membership Director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. Join in the fun at Ironwood today. When you join Ironwood, you basically have membership at a total of four clubs in eastern North Carolina. Ironwood is a part of the Renaissance Golf Group. Did you hear about this woman over in Rowan County? Earlier this week, uh, WRAL had a story on her. Um, Apparently, she was scorned by her boyfriend. And to get back at his her boyfriend, she decided to seek revenge by setting the ex-boyfriend's house on fire. Mm. Now, I don't know if the woman was um, inebriated at the time or she uh, <laughs> it might have been dark. I don't know. But she sets fire to the house. Turns out to be the wrong house. Whiskey make you do crazy stuff. <laughs> I mean that's like that's like bullying a rabbit in a pot type crazy there you know like fatal attraction. Oh uh, yeah. So and then the homeowner was awakened by neighbors saying, "Hey, somebody's trying to set your house on fire." Runs out, tries to get the garden hose to put the fire out. Apparently, she put some sort of sealant in the hose so he couldn't get water out of the hose. Anyway, um, she is now being charged with uh, felony first-degree arson, assault with a deadly weapon, uh, and uh, larceny of an animal. What what did she do to an animal? Oh, she was holding one of the dogs on a leash as uh, the house was um, set on fire. Uh, anyway, mm. she's not, not having a good week. Lost her boyfriend, and now well, she's got a place to stay. It's called the county jail. Mm. <laughs> PJ Media is reporting political pronosticator Larry Sabato, that guy from the University of Virginia. Larry wants to come across as nonpartisan. Larry is a typical political science 
professor <laughs> at a major state university. <clears throat> and he's what, in, do I say more? And he's in Charlottesville. Yeah, you know, D- don't had, need to say anything. Hadn't had a uh, hadn't had a constitutionalist there since Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Saying that, painting the picture of where Larry is coming from, Sabato's Crystal Ball, a political prediction website with a pretty good following, has made ten rating changes just today for House races. Nine of them favor Republicans even more than they were favored before. Significantly, there appears to be no impact at all from the abortion decision on House races. Now, think about that. I mean, this is what the Democrats are betting their chance of survival on is they are constantly pushing the fact that, ah, look what they've done to Roe v. Wade. Look what they've done to abortion. Look at this activist uh, judiciary we have at the Supreme Court. Again, according to Larry Sabato, who's no conservative, he's coming out and saying no impact at all. And we've had other stories where the polling has come out and say what uh, – I think it was Rasmussen last month had a, mm-hmm. had a poll that said, okay, what is the most important issue for you as you go to the polls? It was probably earlier in, in July, not last month, but earlier in July. And um, I don't know had a higher number than, than uh, abortion. Hmm. So obviously, people are not that concerned about it. Well, you know, really, there there truly are very few house races that are ever in play. I mean, there's some just handful, just never in play. I don't know what the number is, but it's very few. But but with the situation, I mean, really, the Biden administration has failed on every single issue that has touched, and then ignored some things that they should have done something on. Um, so I just don't think. Uh, between now and November, I just can't imagine abortion being important enough when, you know, the economy's shrinking. I, I think the economy will continue to shrink. I really do. Uh, gas prices, yeah, they've come down a little bit, but but they're still pretty high. And, you know, gas prices is just one thing. Just go to the grocery store. Yeah. I mean, it is shocking what things are costing. Yeah. And, you know, and it was, it's, it's interesting that Republicans always seem – to not do as well as Democrats when it comes to suburban women. Mm-hmm. Who goes and buys the groceries? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, maybe, okay, are you a chauvinist, Lamprecht? Okay, I, I do go buy some groceries. But by and large, I think moms and wives spend more time buying groceries than dads do. Well, Mainly because if dads go, they come back with beer and Oreos. <laughs> well, and the fact that men don't have an attention span to go grocery shopping. They just don't. I mean, I mean, yeah, they, they might go look at the meat section because we're visual people. <laughs> I mean, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, okay, get this list of stuff. And then you say, oh, man, look at these steaks. Gosh, yeah. look at a hamburger. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, how about some chickens over here? Oh, uh, no, I, I look at the double-filled Oreos. And then, then, you see a, then you see a sale on the beer aisle, you know, and so – that's right. It's and done. you lose it all. I'm sorry. It's true. Uh, we admit it. We admit it. At least we admit it, ladies. We're, we're bad. Um, it was, the other interesting thing about this is in terms of enthusiasm, the Marquette University Law School poll found an 18-point edge for Republicans on being very enthusiastic about voting in this midterm election. And – as you have said just a few minutes ago, that the, the the vast majority of these congressional districts are decided by the way they're drawn up, which is rather ironic that we had that story about how the North Carolina Supreme Court 
wants to intervene and tell the Republican Party that they can't draw the maps, even though that's what the Constitution says. But it is, it's rather interesting because so many other states, those maps are drawn with the person in mind who's, who holds that office. Mm-hmm. And so there's not a big turnover. But if you have a huge enthusiasm gap, could that be enough that the people who would normally vote for the Democrats – and listen, there's definitely a, a, a leg up by the Republicans in this, that they just stay home, that the Democrats just stay home. And can you get enough of them to stay home this November that suddenly there is a, a bigger advantage than one might expect for the Republicans? Sabato says he thinks the gain by Republicans in the House will be 20-some uh, seats. We've had other polls, though, that have said as many as 60 seats in the mm. House, which would be would be a bloodbath. But uh, even 20 would be, you know, a significant majority. You know, the only thing where I might would question that or disagree with it about abortion not being an issue is the fact that, you know, the, the general public, obviously, and we talked about before, they don't dig into the details like we do. But the general public is not getting the true the true picture of really what happened with this Supreme Court decision. Right. And it's just, I mean, to, to the point of pure flat-out lies being told. And, you know, when I last time I was in an airport, I, you know, just look at people here a while back, uh, and, you know, they you know, stare mindlessly at CNN like it's the yep. gospel according yep. to John. And, and CNN, I mean, just well, – I'm gonna, I'll kind of digress a little bit on CNN, but just like today with CNN with the whole – Announcement of the breaking news of the GDP today. I mean, CNN's headline, breaking news, the U.S. economy contracted again for a second quarter in a row. But GDP is always revised, sometimes significantly. I mean, in, in my, and that's on top of Biden coming out and saying, that doesn't make any difference. In There's my no entire adult life, I've never seen that described on any an any headline regarding you know a true recession. Can you so, imagine if Trump was in office? And oh yeah, we were in yeah. a second but this, month. But the same quarter. thing with Roe versus Wade. You I mean that decision came out just a few uh, weeks ago? When you read the headlines, and it gave a little bit more context of what happened in the article, but the headlines was just flat out false. Yeah, and that's it, what most people look at. And again, because it's polling so low, they probably won't do this. But it might not be a bad idea for. Republicans just to put together an ad and say, let's get the facts straight. Yes, the U.S. Supreme Court overruled Roe. What does that mean? It's your decision now. Yep. Simply like, you know, this is what it does. This is what it doesn't do. I mean, like, don't get any more complicated than that. Like three points. It doesn't do this. It does do this. Yep. And just... Let's take a time out and let's play political trivia, shall we? 561-8255 is the number to call. Your category, every president had this in common, got a great prize package. Political trivia, 561-8255. We'll play when we get back. We are okay. We're talking about dinner. <laughs> we're we're out here wondering what our wives. Are. I'm, we just sound like a couple of chauvinist pigs, don't we? We're just pigs. We're hungry. Uh, yeah. 
Anyway, wish, let's get on to political. Just trivia. a hint, though. Meatloaf, that. lima beans, and mashed potatoes. <laughs> just a hint. You know the you know the thing. <laughs> All right, let's play political trivia. Five six one eight two five five. Uh, your prize package includes a free oil change for your car pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge or at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. A gift certificate from Fit for Life, including two free training sessions with a coach. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno for lunch or dinner. Mucho Bueno, located in front of the Westbrook Shopping Center, U.S. 70 West in Havelock. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. And a gift certificate to the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family has won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. Up first from Vanceboro, it's Dustin. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Dustin. Hello. You ready to play? Yes, sir. All right. Here's your question. Your category, every president had this in common. Every president of the United States has something in common concerning their family upbringing. Upbringing. According to Pew Research, 20% of U.S. families don't share this distinctive with our presidents. So what is this family distinctive that all U.S. presidents share? I don't know. <laughs> um, don't think it, Dustin. <laughs> a, a mother and a father. I mean, a, a mother and a father. Well, uh, that's not it. That's household. not it. Say again. A family household. Uh, that is that is not it. Um, th- 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 there was something in common, but I don't think the twenty percent of Americans uh, are in that category. But. Uh, Hey, thanks for playing, Dustin. Give us a call back, 561-8255. Uh, let's go to Ron and Chakawinda today. Hey, Ron. Hey, Ron. Hey, how are y'all today? <laughs> Doing well. Every president in the United States has this in common concerning their family upbringing. Every president. Yet, according to Pew Research, 20% of U.S. families don't share this distinctive with our presidents. What is this family distinctive that all U.S. presidents share? They there's a farming background. A farming background. That's not it. Good guess. Not it. Okay. Five six one eight two five. I don't think Trump was a farmer, was he? Five six one eight two five five. Doug and Newburn. Hey, Doug. Hey, Doug. Hey, how you doing? Good, well, good, good. Just, Turn your radio down and listen just, to me over the telephone. Otherwise, you're going to get confused. All right. Give Doug a second to turn his radio down. All right, Doug. Every president. Every president of the United States has something in common concerning their family upbringing. According to Pew Research, 20% of U.S. families don't share this distinctive with our presidents. What is this family distinctive that all U.S. presidents share? Well, the last guy took my, my answer. But I'm going to say it's something to do with military. Something to do with the military. That is not it. Mm. Donald wasn't in the military either. 561-8255. Who we got, Clark? Five six one eight two five five. Who? Will is on the line. Hey, Will. Hey, Will. Hey. Are you ready for a hint, Will? Ah, sure. Give it to me. All right. Now, now you 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 heard the question, right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Your your first hint. This distinctive probably made the presidents better negotiators. So, what do you think uh, this family all, upbringing distinctive was? They all had siblings. That's it. That's it. That's it. You got it, Will. There is right. not one president that was an only child. Every one of them had siblings. Yeah. Will, where are you calling from? 
Call it All right, Will and Aiden, hang on the line, and uh, Clark's going to get you uh, get your information, and we'll get you those uh, gift certificates right out. Thanks for everybody who called. Sorry, Will took away somebody's thunder because we have people on hold, but uh, congratulations, Will and Aiden. Stay with us. Benny and I will be right back. Not covering Brandon's heroics. This, uh, Brandon, she, what does he play? Well, Mr. President, they're not, um. Folks, let's hear it for Brandon. What a job he's doing. Let's go, Brandon. Now back to news and let's news go, on 96.3 and 103.7. Congratulations to Will Hickman of Aiden, North Carolina. He got it. Every president had at least one sibling. Interestingly, Obama had eight siblings, but they were all half-brothers or Mm half-sisters. I don't think he had a a full brother or sister. Was it by eight or nine different women? I don't – I ain't going to go there. I don't don't really. Did you you look that up? I was curious. I I didn't didn't go any deeper than that. But uh, Will Hickman, congratulations. You are our political trivia winner for this Thursday. Uh, you know, we're talking about Joe Manchin caving yesterday at the very end of the program, and uh, you brought up in, in general context, okay, what did Joe get? Because Joe Manchin has been pretty clear and pretty consistent over the last 10 years. In fact, it was ten over 10 years ago, 12 years ago, back in uh, 2010, that Joe said, you know, it wouldn't make any sense at all to raise taxes right now well, my constituents, as we're in, in a recession, because, you know, 2008 was when they had the big uh, housing crisis, and we were still recovering from that. And uh, he didn't want to raise taxes, voted against it. Well, where are we right now, Joe? I mean, now is a good time to raise taxes? Because this, this bill does have a tax increase uh, on corporate taxes. Interestingly, it also has uh, or it also makes permanent a tax on coal, and, and, I mean, what is West Virginia? It's a coal mining exporting mm-hmm. state. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of the revenue comes from. It is uh, – there's some stories out today as to whether or not Joe will rescind his commitment to this Build Back Better. And there's also stories out today. Uh, okay, how about Kirsten Cinema? Where is she on this? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, you would think that um – she would come out. Maybe she's waiting to see what she's going to get. Like Joe, you know, Joe's got something. I, I still think he might be uh, the next president. Be slid in there as the next Democrat nominee because I, I just can't possibly imagine who the Democrats are going to run. Because to win a primary now in the Democrat Party, uh, you know, Joe Biden was kind of the last of someone that could you could push through as somewhat moderate and to a general election but who else have they got who else is not extreme in the democrat party now the well and that brings up another interesting point the extremist that they've been kowtowing to over the last 24 months uh, they would go bananas if mm-hmm. joe manchin was suddenly there well that's why i say they wouldn't have a pro- he would i mean he would he would probably get the percentage of vote of maybe a little bit more than kamala harris but he wouldn't he couldn't win he just couldn't carry the necessary states to get the nomination but if he's you know if he didn't have to face a primary and he's just uh in office um as a vice presidential person and uh kamala harris steps down or chooses not to run 
then they may not have a primary. I would I would think though. I mean, I'm trying to take off my biased hat. I mean, and and don't get upset with me as I say this. If you're a staunch conservative, I'm I'm not saying this is what I want. I'm just uh, this is just a political observation. I think Joe Manchin is about the only person out there that they could run that would take away significant votes if Donald Trump is the nominee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think there would be a lot of Republicans out there that that unfortunately there were a lot of Republicans out there last time that voted for Joe Biden. But uh, this time around, I think there'd be a lot of people that say, you know, but Joe Manchin has been consistent. He's coherent. He doesn't have cognitive issues. Uh, he's been a, consistently been a moderate for for decades and uh, versus versus Donald Trump. I, now, I don't know if that's part of the thinking. Uh, but. <clears throat> but that's the thing that the crazy progressive left stances that you have to take in the democrat primary now joe manchin's not going to take some of those <laughs> he's yeah, not going to no, no, exactly. he's not going to get up there and say yeah uh I, I i can't define a woman a man can get pregnant he's not going to say all that nonsense right. no. and and honestly i don't think you can win the democrat primary a contested primary without saying that nonsense now but you're not going to win a general election yeah. and that's what the democrats yeah. know interesting uh, interesting today, uh, Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser is upset because there are 4,000 illegal immigrants in her city. <laughs> she wants to call in the National Guard to address the situation. Now, this is this is really curious. She's upset for 4,000. And, uh, boy, Ted Cruz let her have it. said 4,000. What the blankety blank are you thinking about? There's three and a half million that have crossed our southern border, and you're upset with four thousand. <laughs> you know, remember when the Democrats called the busing of these illegals up to Washington D.C. Uh, nothing but a political uh, stunt. Yeah, there's four thousand, one farm in Texas. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. There's four thousand coming across every day. Hey, we got to run. Congratulations again to our political trivia winner, Will Hickman of Aiden. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody.